Hey, this is America's least wanted. America's dumbest news source. Are you tired of all the depressing news out there? Well, our podcast covers the dumbest and weirdest headlines from around the world. Let us help you laugh away the misery and pain. Subscribe now on Spotify, Apple, Google, Anchor, Twitch, and YouTube. God bless America. What's up, Rewatchers? It's Dustin here to let you know that this show may feature strong or inappropriate language, so please be mindful of who around you can hear it. After the show, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, or wherever you listen. The feedback helps us out a lot. And we are now on Patreon, and for $3 a month you can get early access to episodes, as well as some exclusive features like behind-the-scenes sound bites, or maybe even some giveaways. Your support is appreciated. Also, we assume that you've at least watched the show or the episode we will be discussing. If not, just be warned that there are spoilers ahead. But really, it's your fault because these shows have been out for a while. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, unscriptable. Unscriptable. That's, That's what these should be called. <laughs> Welcome to the Rewatch Recap. I'm your host, Dustin Holden, and with me is Orlean from Spooky and Strange. Again, you're back again. Hi, Orlean. Hello. I'm so excited to be back talking about The Magicians. The Magicians, Season 1, Episode 3, Consequences of Advanced Spellcasting. Uh-oh. But before we begin, let me just... Do the quote, um, house cleaning or what mm-hmm. they call it. People Housekeeping. Say. House keep house cleaning. <laughs> I wish somebody would clean my house. <laughs> okay. But no, housekeeping. So I want to remind everybody that for only $3 a month, you can join the Rewatch Recap Patreon for advanced episodes before they premiere to the public and exclusives every Tuesday, like the behind the scenes chats we have before each episode of each week. So be sure to look into the show notes for the link that will get you to the Patreon in no time. And also, while you're, you know, listening, you can probably send us a little rating and review. That'd be great. We'd love to hear back from you. Yeah. So, what do you think about our show choices? What do you think about our opinions? Let's talk. We, yes. We want to hear back. We want to hear back <laughs> from you people. We you want know. to have a conversation. We're not just yelling into the void, right? Hopefully not. <laughs> Hello? You there? I don't hear anything. What's going on? They're coming. They're coming. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, again, Orlean and I are, are recapping every episode of uh, The Musicians. Uh, every other week, we'll be doing it that way. So this week, it's my turn. And man, I want to take some of these classes so bad. I really do. I want some of these I powers. know, right? I want to uh. go to break bills. I know there are downsides. I get yes. it. I want to be one of the like the red shirts. <laughs> the <laughs> red shirts at break bills. Getting lunch in the background. Yeah, just <laughs> going there. to class. Hopefully, nothing happens to me from like right. other stuff going on, but. That's what I want to be. Well, you'd stay far away from Alice for sure. Oh yeah, just well, in yeah. case. No, if any or Quentin. I mean, <laughs> yes. You see him, that kid walking around with the greasy you hair and like staring down direction. at his tray. No, <laughs> right. get away from him. There's a reason why you don't let him sit at your table. 
Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so you ready to do this, A? Yeah. What happens in episode three? Okay. Let's find out. So this episode premiered on February 1st, 2016. And after the previously on, (laughs) I love those, previously on, The Magicians. So after that, we see Julia walking down the street in the city. She goes into a storefront with one of the, like, star keyhole Mm -hmm. symbols on the door. It looks like those tattoos. And Pete meets her there to show her some more magic and spells. He tells her, ah, no, (laughs) stinky Pete. Uh, Yeah. So he's like, hey, sl- slow down, you know, just take your time. She says, I don't do slow. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that is true from what we've seen of her. She is tenacious and she just like throws herself at things. Balls to the wall. Yeah. So she needs to be careful. Well, she ends up taking money from an ATM and I'm like, okay, that's the power I want. I want to be able to do that. I mean, that's like and- pretty. I Well, I was going to say pretty evil, but actually, I don't know if it is. I don't know. Taking it from I'll, the bank, not from the people. They're insured. I'll hold judgment. <laughs> I think I heard somewhere that like banks are like insured up to a hundred grand at least, like each individual bank. Oh, okay. For I me, mean, for you, if your stuff gets stolen, yeah, you get insured. You know, not just like the bank will only get back yeah. hundred. <laughs> they took millions. Well, here's hundred grand. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, back at break bills. Um, Dean Fogg is back in his all like all my. I wear my sunglasses at night. Glory. Nice. And I honestly love the look for him. He apparently has an announcement to make, but he is talking about the importance of their curriculum at school. So meanwhile, Julia is learning some kinetic telekinetic magic with Marina and everybody is applauding her. Like she's just, you know, moving up the ranks pretty fast, it seems. Mm -hmm. And like the Hedgewitch group, they kind of it still looks like a crack den no matter where they go. Like, it's, it's mostly like gray, the lighting. I, it's the it's gray the scale. They're all wearing dark colors, you know. Yeah. And they look a little dirty, though, too. <laughs> I think it's 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 showing that they're, like, grappling for magic. Yeah. They have to, like, really dig it out, whereas Quentin is being served it on a silver platter. Yeah. So Dean Fogg says there are certain spells that are too powerful for one lone magician and they could get killed or consumed or change into something else. Then he takes off his sunglasses to show his foggy, scarred eyes. Is this foreshadowing? Mm. Mm. And now we have the magician's shadow tree title. (laughs) (laughs) Still in class. Dean Fogg says they test to discern their discipline and they will find their schedule times and invitations inside their bags, which they all do. I don't know why you need I mean, an invitation. That's cool, but like there's a beast out there. Are we wasting magic on this shit? I mean, they need to learn how to perfect what they're meant to do, I guess. Yeah, but they don't need to learn how to like slip a piece of paper in everybody's bags when they're not looking. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good magic taxpayer dollars going to waste. That's kind of what I mean. Like, is magic infinite or is it a finite resource that maybe you should use for important things? Yeah. Instead of stupid stuff like that. Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, it sounds like my HOA. They keep sending out this stuff. We need you to paint your mailbox black. Everybody has glossy black and you need to have like 
three by four numbers in white. It oh, doesn't geez. matter their font. And I'm like, okay. And they keep sending out letters about it. And I haven't done it yet. And they just keep sending them. And not everybody's done it either. I've driven around. Not a lot of people have done it. So I'm like, so all this money they're spending on like typing these letters up and, <laughs> you know, and sending us out and keep I'm like, they could have just done this for us. They literally could have. Yeah. You know, they, they're not going to waste any money. <laughs> it's so stupid. It makes me mad. I'm like, you want this? Then come do it. Ugh. Anyway, okay, back to the show. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, he uh, apparently is about to make an announcement. I forgot what Oh, Fog is talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Sorry. Nah. There we go. Still in class, Dean Fogg says they tested to start their discipline. And outside in the warehouse... Uh, wherever the hell the warehouse is, Julia calls James and lights a cigarette when Pete comes out to join her. He keeps talking about how magic feels, but also keeps like getting creepy about it. Yeah, you know? I hate him. He's always creep. Like, oh, get away, Pete. He's like bringing up like sex all the time. It feels like sex, and like quit bringing up the yeah. Shit, maybe Pete. she would have been open to considering this with you if you didn't start out with like a practice rape. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to do anything. And like, and there's like almost a a dot 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 yet. Right. You know? That's not attractive. That's scary. I don't like that. No. He does say she needs to make sure she manages her regular life so it doesn't bleed into the hedge witch life. Like if her boyfriend started following her to find out where she goes or something. Oh right, that guy who is just like has totally dropped off the earth. Like I what know. does he think is happening to Quentin and Julia? <laughs> James is like, hello, where my friends go? I have no idea. Right, they were just hanging out a few weeks ago, and now they're both, like, fully consumed. I don't know. But anyway, so she says she has it covered. I'm like, sure you do, Jules. Sure. She definitely doesn't. (laughs) And now, in his new office, Dean Fogg is trying on sunglasses with Professor March, talking about getting a strong sense of blue and pink color, so he can, like, see a little... I guess, or some light Mm-mm. shades, auras, yeah. auras, auras, or aura leans. <laughs> Gotta listen to that Patreon. You'll find out. Ah, nice plug. There. Yeah, that All was right. an inside joke. So you'll, you'll know what that means. So, yeah. So I don't know. I guess they restored him as much as they possibly could restored his eyes. So it probably gave him a little bit of sight, sight slightly. Or- it, it kind of gave me the sense, though, that also is it are they just waiting for it to continue to improve on its own potentially because it's already gotten this far? I don't know. I can't I couldn't tell if like they can't do anything more. But now we're all just waiting. Yeah, I don't know. I we'll guess uh, there's magical medicine going into it. I don't know. We'll find out soon enough, I'm sure. <laughs> So Alice comes in and he gets her to sit down and he explains he decided on this office because he can find it easier without falling down three flights of steps. I'm like, ah, he then asks Alice to show Professor March her talent. And it looks like she's doing that glass manipulation thing Mm -hmm. again. So in Quentin's interview for his discipline, they go over that he could be psychic from his predictions that he's had. Or a great illusionist for things vanishing. Hmm. Sure. Well, you know, maybe. maybe. She gets him to hold two stones and think the alphabet in Greek. And I'm like, I don't even know the freaking alphabet in Greek. I have like, no idea. I mean, I guess theta is T. I, That's where I'd start. 
alpha has got to be a alpha, right? yes alpha beta <laughs> yeah i don't know c but creta i don't creta <laughs> data <laughs> delta, that's delta that's delta excuse me okay anyway. we're so close <laughs> we're getting there we're getting there so professor march is impressed with alice's talent and calls her advanced and like who didn't see that coming yeah, but that's, I feel like, part of the bureaucracy of a place like Breakbills. Everybody, like, they're setting up the contrast of, like, everybody is observing Julia's talent, and they're just like, yes, and Breakbills is like, we're going to document it, we're going to test you, we're going to, like, in a very, like, specific kind of way. Yeah. So, Quentin's advisor is scrambling to find his talent, and she even, like, hands him a bonsai tree, it looked like. And says, you know, just stare at it before, you know, just look at this. And he looks at it for a second. She goes, I guess you're not an herbalist. Like, I'm like, well, you didn't really wait to see what he could do with it. it just kinda, Obviously, something was supposed to happen. Like, immediately, apparently. Yeah. Not every test is for every person. And, and I mean, even if you pass a test, it might take you a little longer to get there, you know? I know. I perversely love this part where it's like, Quentin, maybe you don't have one. And I'm like, ha, 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 sad boy. <laughs> Be evil. sad. <laughs> Be sad, emo boy. Sad. Yeah, it is clear that he still needs some medication as magic really, is not the cure-all for mental health. Not, like I know before he was like, I used to be depressed and now magic, but like now we're getting to reality. And now magic. <laughs> and now magic doesn't now make magically him depressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, can we please make that lucky charms box? Oh yes. But it's <laughs> Ooh, okay. I got to work on some kind of graphic. But instead of the leprechaun, it's like Quentin. I'm magically magically depressed. depressed. (laughs) Everything's black and blue. Like all the marshmallows are just these drab And like the stars are sad. It's just nighttime (laughs) on the box. (laughs) There's a noose like swinging in the background. Yeah, that's um, the the break bill's way to start your day. (laughs) (laughs) The best part of not waiting up. Lucky Charms in your bowl. No, I don't know what I'm doing. All right. Yeah, we have to call it something other than Lucky Charms because obviously it's not lucky or charming. (laughs) Magical omens. There you go. That's what we'll call them. Magical omens. (laughs) Quentin's nightmares. Quentin's nightmares. (laughs) Oh, Quentin's cues. They're all just Q-shaped. Anyway. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, so meeting up with Alice afterwards at the coffee place with the bisexual lighting, Quentin tells her that his advisor, Miss Sunderland, basically gave him a, quote, undetermined for his specialty. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like, now you got to learn everything, most likely. Isn't that cool, though? Why? He's just a downer about everything. But you'll never really be an expert on one thing. Well, he might with time. He's just such a defeatist. He's like, oh, this is like the end of my life. Quentin, you basically just got to magic college. Like, just, it's okay. Let it all soak in. (laughs) Pick a semester. See how it feels. Has it even been a semester? No. No. It's been like a month at least. Right. At least. Maybe a little bit longer. But But yeah, so they said, they told him that they're going to try it again next year. I'm like, why next year? Why does it have to take a whole year? How about six months? Like, Why doesn't he learn some shit first? Like, he's just... It's not midichlorians, Quentin. And, you know, they could do it like they could also do it where they could trick him into testing without him knowing they're testing him. So maybe, you know, sometimes there's pressure and you can't perform. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe they're just saying a year. Like, he has no idea how this system works. I mean, so we, like, just nobody does, roll actually. with it, Quentin. Yeah. But anyway, he's amazed that Alice has like these light bendy powers. She says, and it's called. He says, "Well, I'm a nothing man, sir." Yeah, yeah, you are. Shut up, please go away. <laughs> um, I, the fact that Alice got advanced and she even said she's like self taught and been learning for years should give Quentin some hope that like she taught herself a lot and now has a specialty. We don't know if it was natural or not, but either way, like she put in the work. Yeah. He hasn't put in the work. Well, he grew, he obviously grew up in privilege and he's straight white male. So he's a little bit. He's just expecting like a Harry Potter experience. Yeah. That's not. Or it's I mean, like even you're Harry the, had to learn some stuff. We might not have saw it, but. Best magician, Quint. No, you're just among magicians now. You have to put in the work if you want to be spectacular. Which is why it brings to question, why him with the beast? Like, you know. I know. I do. I I really like it. But I, based on everything else they're doing, we can be pretty sure they're going to subvert our expectations around that, too. Yeah. So maybe it's not that Quentin is special, but we don't know. We don't know. There's something ahead for him. Well, we will find out in our rewatch. <laughs> Meanwhile, Quentin and Alice go to the cottage together, but they can't get in. There's a party inside, but the door is locked with a spell, and they can't seem to figure out how to break it. And then, like, Quentin tries to bring up some sort of light-bending thing. Mm -hmm. Like, Alice um, gets out, you know, hey, Alice, try your light-bending thing. It's like, you know... And he, he was like, he, you know, you know, like a, he goes, you know, when you used to burn ants as a kid. No. And I'm like, no, no. That's what the insane children on television did. That's, so we knew they were insane. Because the next step after that is like neighborhood cats. Right. Like that's the serial killer triad that I know is maybe disproven, but like it's not a good sign. <laughs> just, I mean, just don't trust it. Just don't do that. Yeah. And Alice is like, I'm like, dude, I'm horrified. <laughs> Also, why would you look at Alice and think that's a thing she did? Mm, I just a weird jump. Yeah, no thanks, no thanks, Quentin. But she does decide to go ahead and do this like thing, like what he's saying with like the magnifying glass, and tries to burn a, a door. And they mm -hmm. do, and they get it, and they basically like they can stick their arms through, you know. And uh, Quentin calls out at Phosphormancy. He goes, Fox for Mancy, bitches. And I'm like, you didn't do a thing. You didn't do a thing, Quentin. It was all Also, hard. how do you know? Have you opened a book since you got here? She we haven't seen told him. him. <laughs> she said it right outside the door and he walked in. I mean, that's when he says that. Spoilers ahead. That's going to become a theme, everybody. <laughs> Where Alice is just like, it's this. And everyone's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you, you, you'd be the one to know. Yeah. Anyway, so Margo says, finally, I'm starving. And Elliot brings them green drinks and says, welcome to your gracious abode, to our gracious abode. And he like stumbles away. Okay, so wait. So going. where are Quentin and Alice like sleeping? I guess they have a room up there now. They like, moved them. Do they have them. dorm somewhere? Yeah. Or, huh. I, it's I just guess. not clear. Yeah. 
And later, some group of kids is playing a game where they like read a foreign language and take a shot if they can't or something. I don't know. I didn't really understand what that game was. It's a weird looking game. I, I assumed it was some kind of like magic translation game. Probably, I don't know. obviously, yeah. But I don't know. I didn't get it. I wish they would. When they show us stuff like that, explain it because we're not we're not magical. We don't know. We don't know what they're doing. No, but that's part of the allure, right? Like I want to know more. Yeah, it's mysterious. And from across the room, Margot asks Elliot what his obsession with first year boys is as they look at Quentin and Alice sitting on the couch. Elliot says he's a high strung super nerd. We love those. Do we? Who loves high strung anybody? Elliot doesn't does. seem like Elliot would because he. Unless he's trying to, like, break them. <laughs> he wants to be the calm one, you know, and to, I don't know, that he has yeah. a thing for Quentin. So. Also, it sounded kind of predatory when she was like, what is it with you and first year boys? Like, how how many little obsessions has he uh, had? <laughs> well, obviously, well, if he's, what year is, are they? Are they? Right. Great junior? question. Are, I don't know. Well, they don't like, have junior teachers. There's like, it's a three year school, so. Third years? They got to be third years. Or at least, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, f- I don't know. I don't know if we even find out. I hate when I they do that. I don't know if we ever like, find they, out. How long are you supposed to be there? Yeah, I don't know. Indeterminate age. <laughs> so Alice talks about how the spell they did should have worked to contact her brother. She says it was like a phone call, but Charlie didn't answer. The beast did. And that's why you don't mess with Ouija boards either, kids. That's literally because you don't know who you're calling. <laughs> you don't know if somebody's intercepting that call. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Watch it out. Quentin goes to get a book and looks for a spirit with a locator spell. Like he. So he goes to get this book to look for a spirit with a locator spell. And Alice, who is clearly drunk or magic drunk, says, That's stupid. You're stupid. You have a stupid face. And he like doesn't even react to it. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell just happened to Alice? Like she got drunk fast. <laughs> it's gotta be magic drunk. Yeah. So so he's got this locator spell going and they're walking around campus when, uh, with a match in his hand. And then when it lights itself, then he knows that that's where it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. And he it's a it's a fountain with a cow, I think. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And two kids sucking on its teats. Yeah, this show is weird. Yeah. And there's a lot Yeah, they're building to to weird stuff. Yeah, it's getting it's getting really a little bit it's weird and a little gross at times too. So, but, Yeah, the magic world is not safe. No. And it ain't PG. Not safe for children. Nope. Quentin says Elliot told him it was enhanced as shit. Enchanted, excuse me, not enhanced. enhanced. <laughs> I, can't I was like It was enhanced. What do I- <laughs> it was enchanted as shit. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Alice says it's supposedly bottomless, so the psychics should love it. It's a suicide fountain. I'm like, ooh. What? Why would psychics love that? Ooh. I love ooh. suicides. Ooh. Ew. I don't know. Maybe because there's a lot of like energy imprint from the sadness. Why would you want to immerse yourself in a, I'm sorry, like suicide fountain? That No. Alice, that's a weird comment. No, yeah. Quentin wonders if her brother maybe killed himself, and she she's certain he wouldn't do that. It just wasn't the guy Charlie was. They so stand. it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and they just they're there for a few minutes before you know just kind of waiting to see if something happens but alice gets frustrated and decides to leave of course as they go a hand slowly rises out of the water and then flips them the bird (laughs) as they're walking off and you're like well shit that guy's not happy yeah well they're messing with stuff they don't even know what they're messing with flipping the bird no So after a commercial break, Penny and Katie are walking around campus. He's bitching about Sunderland's assessment that he's psychic. And Katie laughs and said, you know, well, he's like, he should have seen that coming. I like Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly he's attacked mentally and looks over to see Quentin sitting under a tree reading a real New York lonely boy. (laughs) Oh my God. I got that from Girls 5 Eva. Did you ever see that? Yes. He absolutely is. Boy. Yes. He and Dan would just vibe. Oh, they would. Yeah. Dan Humphrey. Yeah. Oh, they would totally. just. Oh, God. Can you imagine those Gossip Girl posts? Oh. That'd be horrible. <laughs> Lonely boy and sad boy go out. <laughs> and you know what? Also, I want to talk about how Penny can just like pull off walking around in a vest. Just a vest. That's how cool and attractive he is. I know. <laughs> and it makes me mad. I mean, it, it's totally like a 90s look. You know but what I mean? Like, it, Yeah, but he's still hot. You go to a party in the 90s and there's that guy wearing just the vest. And you're like, oh, he's so, you know. And then, but he pulls it off like it doesn't matter what style it is. It's just works. I know. He's just attractive. He's one of those people that you could probably put him in just about anything and he'd look great. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. So, yeah, so Penny's pissed, and he goes up to Quentin and backs him up against the tree, threatening to close, you know, I'm going to shut your mind down for you if you don't stop. And, you know, apparently Quentin has been trying to sing Taylor Swift in his head. Why is Quentin antagonizing Penny, the guy who, like, knocked him down last time and was like, stop messing with me? Yeah. Well, I mean... He doesn't know what to do. He's like, I don't want you to hear my thoughts. So he's just, he's listening. He doesn't know how to control it. So he's like, let me just sing music in my head when Penny can fly. (laughs) I mean, I understand. He's just, he's an antagonist. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't, he's an, he's an, for him, it's an accidental antagonist. He's not really intending to antagonize him, but he's totally doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So he says he'll work on closing out his mind. And this is like, this, it's so funny. He's like trying to, backs up against the tree and like backs around the side of the tree and then as penny's like walking away he like pokes his head out (laughs) (laughs) it's just funny just like slinks back and yeah (laughs) i mean of all the people to mess with i would not mess with petty penny and i would not mess with katie (laughs) no no and them together no no (laughs) so back in the city james is pissed at julia boyfriend james is pissed at Julia because she's changed so much in such a short time span, and he feels like an asshole for wondering what's going on. And she's trying to keep it light with him, but you can tell he's just not into it. And she tries to like giggle and kiss him, like, "Oh, it's nothing. You're being silly." <laughs> he's like, "No, I'm not." Like, I hate that gaslighting crap. So, I know why she's doing it, but still, right? Give him I wanted, something better. Like Julia, tell him you got some kind of stealth super secret job or something i don't know i'm working for the government that's all i can say right i got pulled into the wildest job that i can't tell you about but i promise it or some i don't know anything yeah so next we see two random students sitting by the fountain talking about like 15 students and dean van pelt 
like I don't know what that was about, but the maybe fa- the apparently missing, the fountain is named after him. Dean the Van missing Pelt. third years. Yeah, maybe one of the kids leans over and the hand reaches up and pulls him in, and then the other kid like, oh my god, and the other kid gets pulled in. And uh, Professor March later tells the students that the fountain is off limits due to a haunting, and they both like that. Both the students are okay though; they're fine for what. Now. What? Also, Quentin, this is your fault. Somehow. This is your fault. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, it's always going to be Quentin's fault. It doesn't matter. He's just there to cause this chaos. Alice still thinks it might be Charlie, but Quentin's like, Alice! Alice! Al- I just want to pull her hair. <laughs> like, and be like, stop obsessing Alice. about your freaking brother. It's very incestuous the way she's obsessing. It's, like, it's, it's a level of obsession where you're like, you need to see somebody. Yeah. There's, it feels like there's more going on. Yeah. So he walks with her to her room and they see the glass unicorn is moving around on its own. And Alice thinks this is a sign from Charlie. No, I'm it's like, just creepy. She's so smart, but she like, she doesn't seem to have tunnel any vision. logic. She yeah. has just tunnel vision on whatever happened to Charlie. Like she literally will not take in anything. Like everything she hears, she can turn it into like this is related to Charlie. She's sick. Like she's in a level of trauma and grief that like it is. She's not well. It's obvious she was neglected as a child, especially after her brother went away. And right, like clearly she has no emotional tools to like handle this. Oh, Alice, sweet Alice. Yeah, I mean we like Alice. It's just really frustrating. Yeah. So they are now at the cottage you know talking about the fountain incident incident excuse me and quentin asks like why charlie would want to drown (laughs) some psychics like yeah why would he do that and then margo walks up and says have you met them (laughs) (laughs) she tries to join in but alice squashes that noise and it's like this is a private conversation so margo takes it on the chin and goes meow and walks away. Oh my God, Marco. <laughs> I love that. She's like, whatever, bitch. <laughs> I was just the way to be she friendly. and Elliot just like drift in and are kind of like snarky and dry and then like drift back out is so fun. <laughs> so Alice tells Quentin she doesn't trust Margo. And Quentin wants to know why the fountain didn't try to drown them. I'm like, good point. Why didn't Why didn't it come after them? If because it's, it's Charlie, duh. It's Charlie. It's got to be Charlie. <laughs> Charlie wouldn't want to kill me. And he would kill those boys. The buddy pulled them in. He didn't do that. But you're saying that's Charlie. Charlie is confused. But Charlie wouldn't do it. But Charlie what? doesn't know what's going on. Alice, pick a story. Pick any story. Just pick right. One. Is Charlie in the room with us right now? Charlie. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Alice is still adamant to find out yeah, of course, if this was Charlie and wants to do another spell, of course. No, and... Alice, no. <laughs> Consult a professor at least. You're at break bills now. I mean, just, hey, I made a mistake and can we fix this? Or find out if mm-hmm. what's going on is what I hope is going on. But um, Elliot comes up and pulls Quentin away for, quote, an emergency. And But before that, Quentin tells Alice that maybe she needs to... Have you know more info on, on this whole situation and since margo's is discipline is gossip she should try to befriend her a little basically mm. mm-hmm. and that's where like i love margo she kind of she's totally listening she just kind of gives her that side eye from across the room <laughs> just like i was mm-hmm. i love it i'm gonna make her beg 
Elliot pulls Quentin into another room with a cardboard box that's got something moving inside. Mm. And I'm like, no, no I, I, <laughs> I don't want to do this. And Elliot says they have a problem. When Quentin asks if it's in the box, Elliot starts to tell him that it's about a book that Professor Sunderland was looking for in the cottage house, but it has gone missing. And he says, books at break bills are not just books. Elliot explains that this is a valuable book that probably went missing at one of their many parties, and he doesn't want the school to start looking into their partying ways. Oh, I get it. Okay, I'm connecting dots. Okay. Most likely because of all the drugs and stuff they do. So he opens the book to reveal a book that jumps out. Not opens the book, opens the box. <laughs> he opens the book, then there's a book. No, um, like Russian nesting books. Uh <laughs> But no, it's a box and there's a book inside and it jumps out and it starts flying around the room. And Elliot explains that the missing book is volume one and this book is volume two. So it should lead them to the missing book since it wants to be reunited. And I'm like, oh, those precocious books. And Marina has the book and Marina is with Julia. (gasps) Hint, hint. (laughs) We're going to uh, Julia practicing magic to break a lock but she can't get it done and marina's sitting across and just sits there and is like judging the hell out of her she basically yeah, tells julia new. she needs to find some balance and that she's not all in while she's with james it's been like a week i know i'm like can you let me can i transition a little you know <laughs> right. she's like uh you need to do magic without a net i'm like who's a net <laughs> anyway but um here for the laughs on the rewatch recap. <laughs> Back at the cottage house, Alice finally musters up the courage to ask Margot for help and tells her about Charlie. Margot says she remembers when the incident happened five or six years ago, and it makes sense now why Alice is so awkward. Wait, five or six years ago, there has to be more than three years at break bills. Well, she, I mean, she probably heard about it before she got there. Mm, she said she heard about okay. it. She didn't say she oh, okay. There. The anger underneath the inevitable, inevitable layer of tragedy you wear like a perfume. <laughs> That's what she says to Alice. It's so Gossip Girl. Yeah, it is. It's very <laughs> Gossip Girl. I love the line, too. Gossip Girl had great lines, though. Yeah. So Margot says that there's a girl from Charlie's year named Emily Greenstreet. So, that's another made-up name. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Quentin Coldwater. Emily Greenstreet. Like. It's it's like put words to get, put some nouns and like adjectives and her colors family together. didn't have a last name so they just picked the road they were on <laughs> as their last name Green Street okay anyway so she took Charlie's death hard and dropped out when it, when everything happened she says Dean Fogg set her up with a normal job so it was obvious that they were hiding something big uh is it. I don't I mean, it seems like it. I mean, it kind of seems like people would wash out of break bills all the time. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, it's like any school of anything. I don't know. Alice says she wants to find her alone, but Margo's like, uh-uh, I am coming. Sorry. Yeah, what, Alice? Come on. You need no. backup. Don't go somewhere alone. But, you know, Margo's just bored, really. At some psychic class, Penny enters as they finish up meditation. The teacher says, I knew you were coming. Weep womp. <laughs> I mean, there was like, it wasn't even a joke. She was literally That's just saying, I knew you were coming. Funny. That's why it's extra funny. <laughs> That's what made it funny. I went, oh my God. <laughs> She's being That's serious. exactly like in Penny's head, you know, he's also like, oh God. 
So she shows him the coves for meditation, whereas the enclosed conscious areas are reserved for crying and processing. I'm like, oh, God. I don't think it's that fun being a psychic. I don't no. know why. Uh, yeah. She says it amplified their, I guess their little enclosed areas amplify their powers to 11. I'm like, no, thanks. Then she tells him he needs to control his psychic abilities or it will mess up his shit big time. I do believe that. That yeah. That is, yeah, that makes sense. So hence the meditation. Perfect. Okay. She walks him to a cove to meditate and he, he says, less talking, no touching. When she like tries to like, here's this where you're going to be. So, and then she grabs his arm. Um, and that's where he's like, no. So he sits down and he hears a lot of voices, including someone saying, help me, please help me. And he stands up and suddenly he's like on a building in China or something. I didn't, I couldn't yeah. tell where it was. I, somewhere else. Yeah. And it's like his dark night moment too. Cause he's like standing there <laughs> yeah. and he's like, whatever he's wearing is like billowing, you know? And uh-huh. But I love how we're getting into his story more, which is nice. And it cuts to a commercial break. And then we're back in the city. And Margot and Alice have been waiting on a park bench when they spot Emily Greenstreet at a like grayscale, like, blah outfit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, she just like she wants to b- blend in with the buildings or something. That's what it kind of looked like. And Margot calls her out and tells her not to run because she, her shoes are insane <laughs> i can't run don't run don't I, I can't run emily knows that they're from break bills and says that they're that part of her life is behind her she turns to leave but alice calls out that charlie was her brother and she just wants to find out what happened to him <gasps> the angst ah! so they go to a coffee shop and emily says charlie was a good guy that tried to save her life she had fallen in love with the married professor and she used a spell on herself to make herself prettier, but it backfired, of course. And we see all like the stuff that she's saying, like in mm-hmm. a flashback, and you know. And she said she was going to kill herself in the fountain. And Charlie heard her crying and ran out there and found her there. And Emily stops crying for a moment and turns around to show her like her face is like half sagging, mm-hmm. it's like kind of melty looking. And Charlie runs up to get a spell and puts it together. And she's grateful for him for trying to help her, but. It was just too much of a spell for her to do, for him to do. And his spell got out of control and his hands just started moving rapidly. And then the spell seems to be taking overtaking him and it starts burning him up in these like blue magical flames. Yeah. And she says that he wasn't there anymore and then asks them if they know what a Nifflin is or a Niffin. Niffin. And I have no idea. Yeah. So it. This is what she said. She goes, it's when you have too much magic run through you and it consumes you. You're not you anymore. You're lost. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So Alice asks where Charlie went and Emily says she doesn't know. And Margot asks, who fixed your face? Mm-hmm. And she says her professor did it for her. And Margot says, you got his attention after all. Hmm. I'm like, that's kind of Ew. Margo. Not the way anybody wants it. Anaprobes. No. And so this is why Emily left school and all magic behind, really. Very fair. See, this is what I mean. There must be scattered stories of people who get burned at break bills in various ways by magic. And they're just like, I'm I'm done with this. Agreed. Agreed. On the other side of New York, Elliot holds the moving box with a book in it, and it's getting excited. 
and they end up at a bodega that Elliot looks through his hands to see it's warded out the ass by hedge witches. Ooh. Ooh. But they go inside and Quentin's holding the box now and it's yanking him into the bodega. And it's, I got to say that Jason Routh has some great physical comedy skills at this part. He's like just getting yeah. yanked around. It's, he's he, so good. He's really good he's at so it. so good. Elliot says something in Spanish to the cashier and he pushes a button to a back room and they go in and they walk in on a group and we see Pete and Julia. Surprise, Q. <gasps> oh my God. It's you. It's you. Ah. <laughs> so after a commercial break again, Elliot says they are from break bills and they want their book. Pete says they don't have their book, but then volume one breaks out of a closet <laughs> and volume two jumps out of the box and they flutter over across to the window Across the room where volume one starts to hump volume two. And I mean, whoever thought up books fucking thank you. I mean, this is a very logical extension of the like various magical books across, you know, like lighter magical stories. Why wouldn't this to, you know, books scream and books bite? Why if wouldn't they're they sentient, also fuck? If they're conscious, you know, why wouldn't they try to like slip right? a bookmark in the other one, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> okay, next year's Valentine's. <laughs> the, the tassel's like it's pubes. It's weird. Okay, you took it too far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was a fun treat I didn't know I needed to see. So, <laughs> Elliot and Quentin leave with the books, but Julia stops Q. She's mad because he didn't have much to say to her. And Quentin says she's better than this hedge witch, hedge witch stuff. She's Quentin, like, I shut the fuck up. I didn't have a choice, asshole. So you wouldn't help me. Exactly. Oh, you know, I told you. Like, she's like, I asked you to, you know, get them to test me again, but nothing happened. And then she thought they would come for her memory again, but they didn't even do that. And she realized that he never told break bills about her. Because he doesn't even care about he her. He's so self-involved. He says he let it go. At break bills, they do real magic and she does party tricks. I'm like, oh, stab him, Julia, stab him. I know. Take like, over the show. Keep some fire at your fingers and just burn his hair. <laughs> just push him. Then he starts with this like resentful shit, like how she treated him as a lesser than her all the time. He says mm. she knew how he felt about her and he resents her for him becoming a tag along. Quentin, you're being the nicest nice guy in a bad, in the worst way, and I want to punch you. I know. And I'm like, you're just like, you're the one who needs to grow up, dude. This, like, you said you were best friends. Yeah. And you're not treating her like a best friend at all. Oh, he's such a jerk. Oh, Quentin. Ugh. I think he's mad because she found a way to find it and didn't have to have to go to break bills. I agree. Like, he got into this club and he was like, we are the special ones. And he was like, sorry, Julia, you're not as special. And now she's like, bam, motherfucker. I'm special, too, in my own way. <laughs> I earned it. <laughs> yeah. She asks, do you love magic? Is it in your soul? Is it in, like, the secret heart of you where, where you always want to be? No. Yeah, you should know how I feel. And then she walks away. And I'm like, get that last word in. That's power, baby. You get that also, last word in. I don't at all think Quentin loves magic in a passionate kind of way. He loves what it gives him access to. Right. At least so far. He's in love with the fantasy. Yeah. He still has the rose-colored glasses on magic. Right. Elliot has stopped and lit a cigarette and watched the entire show, basically. 
and he gives Quentin this like reluctant slow clap and it's kind of humorous like <laughs> good for you you did that in front of everybody meanwhile Penny has gotten a cloak and is walking around like wherever the hell he went wondering where he is when Professor, Professor Sunderland pulls up in a truck with Dean Fogg in the back seat and Sunderland Casual. yeah just <laughs> hanging out there you know and yeah Sunderland tells Penny that she got his specialty wrong and dean says that you are a traveler and sunderland so says cool it, yes it's really cool it's apparently the most the rarest and most difficult discipline which so, i love that penny got that and not quentin yeah i love it so he's even more special <laughs> so basically travelers audience if you haven't watched why wouldn't you but still they are teleporters and not only can he go anywhere on Earth, but he can jump between worlds as well. Which is where this gets wild. And I'm like, sign me the fuck up. Like, I want to. Yes, that is so cool. I've always but wanted also, to teleport. But it's so scary, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, starting out, especially Penny, when you don't know as how. As Penny is going through it, it's so scary. Yeah. But I've always wanted to be a teleporter. Like, I don't know why. I, I knew that they did it on Star Trek going up. But that didn't affect me because I wasn't a Trekkie. I didn't mm -hmm. really care about it. But when the, the Nickelodeon version of the Tomorrow People in the 90s mm -hmm. came out, they were teleporters. And I just like, oh, I loved it. Did you ever watch that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I loved it so much. Oh, loved it. But um, anyway, so Dean Fogg says it will be hard work if this gift doesn't kill him first. I'm like, Yeah, okay. he's in Thanks. for some dangerous shit. But I think maybe he's trying to appeal to Penny's, like, the challenge, you know? I agree, because Penny keeps trying to leave. Like, he just wants to be, like, done with everything. And, you know, when you hear that, you're one of these rebellious people. You probably feel that you're smarter than everybody, but no one gets it. And now everybody gets that something is special about you. Right. So now you kind of have to live up to it. Well, now he has an actual opportunity, too, which is terrifying. Scary. So Dean Fogg says, do you know why I'm here to say this? You've been a thin layer of insurance, insolence, insouciance. I don't know what he says. Over an open. I don't know. Okay. I, 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 I don't I remember. It. I wrote it, but I don't know what it says. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, over an open pit of self-pity your entire life. This is not a joke. You do not have the luxury to mess around now that this is out of the bottle. You will study this. You will master this. Do you understand? And Penny's I like, well, Dean Fogg. yeah, I mean, I love Dean Fogg. He's like, you need a father, apparently. And uh, Penny's like, aren't you a bucket of empathy, blind man? Like, <laughs> oh. And Dean Fogg says, please say yes. I cannot see you nod. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dean Fogg. Like, oh, he's oh, I love him. I like and Rick Worthy is really good at him. And I love his voice, yes. too. The comedic timing. Oh, I, he's great. Yeah. So Penny says yes and asks if they're going to drive this truck all the way back to Brake Bills and Sunderland reveals that they're already there. Yeah. But, you don't even know where Brake Bills is. I mean, how the hell do you get there, really? I mean, damn. that's the mystery. Well, it's upstate New York somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in upstate New York. So, yeah, he looks out, sees that they are. And Sunderland says that she, you know, they'll start their one on one tutorials for him to get a handle on his ability. And Fogg says, yes, before you accidentally transport, the, you know, yourself into a freaking volcano. But 
Yeah. And that seems so cool. Like, yeah, let's get down to training. This is exciting. I mean, as long as somebody's there with me, I'd feel a little safer, you know? Yeah. So now back at the physical kid's cottage, drunk Quentin laments about how he treated Julia. He says she was right and they were best friends all while someone (gasps) is pounding on the cottage door saying, let me in, you assholes. (laughs) I know he pisses me off. And you're just like, shut up. It's like, get over it. Quit. All you do is drown in your sorrows all the time. Go like, read uh, a book about magic and learn something. Dude, my God. Do something. Yeah, you, you definitely need that medication. <laughs> you know? Oh, I mean, all of these characters so badly. Like, where's the magic therapist that they all need? Because they that need should them. also yeah. be. They need an on-campus professional. <laughs> uh, that's something we could have started at break bills. Anyway. But yeah, so. Oh my God. Sorry. An aside for a video, we should like try to open Break Bill's like therapy office and <laughs> see what the, re- like pretend what the responses would be from different characters. So, how does that make you feel? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. So, yeah. Um, Quentin keeps wondering how the Julia situation got so bad. And Elliot says, You found out who you are, and she found out who she's not. I'm like, don't egg this on, Elliot. Oh, uh, puke. On, and also, you know how you could find out Elliot, Elliot is if you um, talk to Julia? Same with Quentin. You could just talk to her. Just, yeah, have an actual conversation, not one full of judgment or jealousy. Just Quentin talk. is so judgy. He's the judgiest judgier. Judge Quentin. Sounds like a really bad show. Typical. So Elliot decides to pour more wine for Quentin as Katie blows up the door and walks in pissed. Elliot hands her a drink. He's been cock-blocked as she sits between he and Quentin. So I mean, is Quentin interested in Elliot? No, but he feels like he has been, you know, like, though. Okay. Yeah. After another commercial break, there's a lot of commercial breaks in this. Quentin sits with Alice at the bisexual coffee house. I'm just going to keep calling it that because that's exactly what I mean, that's what, what the lighting. Yeah, that's what it looks like. You know, and sees that he's got a special box called a Niffin box. Which sounds like it's to trap Niffins. And Niffins sounds like a silly word made up for kids. Like, hey, kids, try new Niffins. Is it candy? Is it a stuffed animal? Who knows? Is it a demon filled with magic? <laughs> I don't know. One size fits all, though. Alice talks about her incantations she's been going through and Quentin keeps asking questions and and he takes the Niffin box and and he's looking at it and she takes it from him and says they aren't going to use this I'm like then why do you have it Um, (laughs) so they're they're going to be bringing her brother Charlie back to life have they not met other people at school yet that's I'm a like, critical question. She here. is so arrogant because she, because <laughs> no. she, I think it's because she has been talked up how smart she is and it made her yeah. arrogant and not, you're not thinking this through. Come on. And the professors have been rewarding her with like, look, look, let's highlight your skills, but they haven't been giving her guidance. Right. Basically, you know, how I kept calling her the Hermione. This is what Hermione would have been had she not been humble. You know, was Hermione humble or was she bullied? That's true too, but I don't think it humbled she's humble her. at all. <laughs> I don't think she's ever humble because she's constantly like, "Haven't you read Hogwarts: A History?" Like she never, she's never humble. But I mean, she doesn't try some really crazy crap like this, you know. 
that's why I'm like it. Plus, this is older as well. Also, the, the time turner stuff. Come on, the ego on Hermione is huge. Well, that's true. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> yeah, especially that. Well, the first, the first Harry Potter, the second one, she's all really putting like Ron in his place all the time. She, yeah, yeah. Oh, Hermione. All right, but back to Alice. Okay. <laughs> Alice is, I don't understand how they're monitoring Penny, but they're not monitoring Alice. Because she's dangerous. Yeah. I don't know. But they really should be. Because they, they already said that she was advanced. And it's like, we know. Alice. That's what I mean. Like, you would just let her run around campus knowing she also has, like, a mysteriously dead brother. They should have some kind of magical tracker that tells you when they're doing something in, like, some kind of really advanced magic that they're not supposed to be doing yet. I mean, maybe they do, and we haven't seen it yet. That's true. That's true. I I hope Alice is. I hope someone is going to notice what Alice is up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she says that um, she's going to bring her br brother Charlie back to life, and Quentin's like, "This is the point where I look at you and say, like, you're nuts." And exactly, exactly, that's what you say. Yeah, that and never works, Alice. It doesn't. He says he researched Niffins, and they aren't even leaving. I can't even say that. Why can't I talk? Even living, they aren't even, 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 ah, even living beings. My gosh. Ugh. Right. They've been like fully eaten up by magic, right? They're like magic. They're just pure uh, magic. Smoke. It's like pure yeah. electricity in a way, you know? Yeah. Um. So Alice shows him that she's researched, but he says she's only making it up as she goes along. He's not lying. He's like, you're not doing this right. And she gets mad and says, how do you know? You only found out about magic three months ago. Fair. So I'm going to do this spell myself. But I mean, sometimes you can spot things. You're like, I think you're you're saying you're getting it from here and here and here, but there's no definitive things. You are making it up. You're putting it together. Oh, she is. But so she's defensive and shitty, but she's also correct. She is correct. But he's like, but I know so because I'm seeing you do it. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> That's time in real time. But so she's packing up and he grabs the Niffin box and like puts it secretly in his back pocket. Meanwhile, Julia calls James over to talk at what I thought was their apartment. Right. I, I thought they lived together. Did he like she kick him out? I mean, she was going all, you know, magic obsessed and nutty. I don't know. She starts talking about how she, quote, got involved with something. And it's really sounding like she's talking like heroin or crack. Yeah, it sounds like she is into drugs really badly now. But then she says, I've been taking Adderall and it became a problem. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Weak. She yeah. glamours her keychain to show he's she's been going to AA meetings, basically. And this is all her cover so he won't come looking for her. Yeah, this is a very easily sustainable lie, Julia, and won't require tons of other lies. <laughs> Just say you're working out. Jesus. My God. <laughs> I work out of the city every day now. I, I had to take a train. I started painting. Yeah. Why do you have to do this? I don't know. There's, there's a bunch of things she could have said, but okay. Right. I'm an addict. And I'm like, great. I'm, now she's going to tell everybody else you're an addict. Right. And you could be like, I'm having hormonal issues. I don't know. There's a lot. I'm hormonal. I won't be a bot for a while. <laughs> Every day, Julia. Every day. Every day. It's a hormonal issue. I'm calling a doctor, Julia. No. So later that night, Julia gets a text saying to come to the bodega in 20 minutes because Marina, quote, has another one for her. And I guess another, another spell. Another spell, right? Another yeah. spell to try. 
Right. Back on campus, Alice and Quentin show up at the fountain in the third step of the spell now. <sighs> you idiots, stop it. Right. I mean, so this is what this third step is. Alice has to use something personal to call Charlie. So she sings, don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't. From the Breakfast Club. And she's actually pretty good. good. She's actually decent. I mean, I think you were better. but Oh, well, thanks. As you walk on by. Okay. (laughs) She seems like she wants to give up. But Quentin's like, look, look. And and she sees Charlie. He's kind of smoking. (laughs) Almost like he's not real. I know. And he's just standing there looking at her. And he's got like the magic coursing through his body, like the blue veins and stuff. It's like fiery. And then she grabs his hand and he starts to hurt her with it. And he starts laughing in her face. And I'm like, he's not Charlie. He is a full-blown Niffin. Or Nifflin. Is it Niffin or Nifflin? Niffin. Niffin. Okay. I don't know. I keep writing. I wrote Niffin and then I changed it to Nifflin. I don't know why. So Quentin smartly tries to pull out the Nifflin box. But with Nifflin Charlie popping around so fast, he just smacks it out of Quentin's hand and starts to like magically choke out Quentin. And Alice starts to do like a quick battle spell to get rid of the Nifflin. And she's starting to spaz out like we saw Charlie do when he turned Mm -hmm. into one. And Quentin finally gets the box and uses a binding spell to grab Nifflin Charlie. All while Alice is still trying to work the spell, but screaming at him to stop. I'm like, this is all craziest. Like, just you idiots is all I'm thinking during this scene. Well, you, the smartest person idiots. in the scene is sadly Quentin. It's in this scene. I agree. Yeah, when Quentin is the one making sense, you have fucked up. Yeah, she should know that. But you know, <laughs> Quentin finally gets the box, and so he's successful in capturing Nifflin Charlie. Alice is totally not pleased with him. And Quentin's like, Alice, he was going to kill you. And she's like, why do you think you had to save me? Fuck you, Quentin. And I'm like. I them both so much right now. What? I'm like, this is like, okay, this is a toxic masculinity move, I think. Just like, or is it just like, I think my friend is in over her head. So I'm bringing her this insurance move. Do you think it was like him trying to be the protector or he was actually like, I'm really concerned. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, there's a third one also that it could be. He was like, this is going to go wrong. I'm going to be here to save the day because that's what he secretly wants. Like every moment of every day, he wants to be the hero. He wants to be the person with the right thing at the right time. And so he also could have been like, she's going to need help. Not in necessarily a paternalistic way, but like I can be the help. Right. Me to the rescue. And guess what? Yes. It worked this time. Good for you. But I mean, you're going to I mean, get for once. But you shouldn't have been here anyway. And you shouldn't have. Ugh, ugh. That's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> so Alice says she has no idea what she's doing. And now Charlie's gone. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't get do overs with magic. Yep. That's what we're learning. She gets mad and packs her bags. Apparently, she moved into the college cottage house already. I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. But I thought it was just Quentin. But And she finds the glass unicorn. Memories. Margot stops her on her way out, and Alice says she should be happy she's leaving. There's less competition now. And Margot says, Alice. For what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how Mar- Margot's always got a snarky little comeback. 
And she goes, there's less competition now, Margot. And Margot's like, Alice, I like competition. I mean, that's nicer than what she should have said, which is, honey, you are not my competition. Yeah. You think you're competition, <laughs> really? And then she watches as Alice slams the door behind her. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, the angst. There wasn't. There was a lot more angst than anything that happened in this episode. There wasn't a lot of stuff that happened except for the end. But like there was a lot of stuff that was finally kind of explained. But it wasn't as exciting as the other two in my book. No. And also I feel I know it's we're only on episode three. So how am I this annoyed with Alice and the Charlie plotline anyway? But I'm so tired of it. Please move on. It really feels incestuous. It really does. Like she's just a little too into this. Like I mean, I don't know that's what or she's like severely mentally disturbed and like cannot handle life. Yeah. And I don't know what it I mean, we don't know enough because we know nothing about Charlie. But uh Alice, stop. But also everybody needs therapy in the show. They all need therapy so badly. Like, that should be a requirement for getting into break bells is, will you accept therapy? Because <laughs> they said it was, like, a common thing for people to be kind of like Quentin and all, like, you know, that's yeah, what they made right. it seem like. And it's like, so if that's the case, then you definitely need to give these people therapy. Like, it's okay now. You're fine, you know, and also, you can adjust weird. to this life. It's really weird how we saw that they have, like, a hospital wing or whatever. And it's like, okay, but mood disorders still exist depression exists psychopathy exists like what unless you have a spell that takes it away you know which we have not heard anything about and to be honest does anyone seem happy no is dean fogg happy i wonder if like medications though like just human medications suppress magical powers or magical abilities and that's why they don't want them taking it i don't know that seems like a jump i mean but why wouldn't they have then made their own why wouldn't they have spells? Why wouldn't they have, I don't know. They're spas. very neglectful, these kids. <laughs> I honestly think that's the point. Like, I I remember a long, long time ago when I used to read Harry Potter fan fiction, there was a really humorous one. And one of the lines is like, why would they put a school for children next to a terrifying forest of doom? And it's like, Yeah. <laughs> like, why is this shit so dangerous? <laughs> yeah, I learned sometime, apparently. I mean, look at so Quidditch. Like Quidditch is pretty damn dangerous. So and that's, that's what I feel like. Like, if you took all the, like, magical school tropes, not just from Harry Potter, but, like, any that you can think of, and you made them serious and for adults, that's some scary, dangerous shit. Yeah. It's not safe. <laughs> and that's what I think this show has been, this, the whole series is proving. It's like, it's not a good thing. Like... Yeah, Nobody's got I mean, it right at any age. And, uh, you know, we're talking about Harry Potter comparisons more, but we're going to get heavy into the Narnia comparisons. And oh, yeah. that it's coming shit up. gets dark. It is. <laughs> well, that'll be, I don't know when that's going to, I think that happens next week because the title is A World in the Walls. So that might be it. <gasps> we'll see. I'm really excited to revisit that. Yeah. Hopefully it'll impress us a little further. I think but, it will. Yeah. I hope it does. I hope so. Okay, rewatchers. So, thank you for listening again. Don't forget to rate and review. Look out, the, check out the Patreon again, and don't forget you can also find Orlean, aka at Spooky Orlean, on Twitter and Instagram, and her show Spooky and Strange, anywhere podcasts are played. 
Yes, because I'm spooky all year round. <laughs> the Rewatch Recap was brought to you by me, Dustin Holden. You can find the show on Instagram at The Rewatch Recap, or you can find me on TikTok at Dustin underscore Holden. Find me there for my weird-ass sense of humor, amongst other silly things related to my other show, Dustin Can Read and Watch. Speaking of which, my email is the same as the other show. You can reach me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. So, until next Monday, keep casting those spells, y'all. Goodbye. Bling!